Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, this is going to be an amazing episode, so make sure you subscribe, hit that notification bell, because we're going to be dropping some, some knowledge today about mm -hmm. something you don't hear about everywhere else. We're going to be talking about your child's education. I got three kids, and this episode, I can't wait, because I'm going to be implementing what mm -hmm. Manny's going to talk about. Manny's been one of my friends, one of my mentors for the last, I don't know, five, six years. Without him, I would not have this show. So he's an amazing individual. Manny, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. I love it. So how's everything going? How was your Christmas? Uh, the Christmas was nice, man. I uh, I think I've, as I get older, I find more gratitude for the little stuff, you know? And I just like, I don't know, man. I, I came from such a... a hopeless childhood that to be able to just sit and sink into the little things like I, like I did this year was just wonderful. All right. So let me ask you, cause you know, I got a traumatic brain injury. So mm -hmm. if I don't ask the question, I'm never going to remember it. Yeah. 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 Your definition of resiliency. Uh, that's like asking a fish, their definition of water. <laughs> so uh, I don't know, man. For me, resiliency is is like it's really summed up as as being able to get up one more time than you fall. You know what I mean? It's not it's not a fancy thing. It's not a cerebral thing. Resiliency is just is just uh, you know how much how much fight is in the dog, how much how much fight is in you. Um, I think that it's important to look at life not as something that we're entitled to you know, but as something or, or a good life. Let me, let me, let me be clear on that. I think it's important to look at a good life, not as something you're entitled to. It's not something you, you deserve. It's something you go out and earn and you go out and earn it every day and you can have it. Like it can be really good, but you got to put in the work, you know? And so for me, resiliency is, is in that equation somewhere. All right. Now you've been on my show. I think this is the third time, I think. Yeah, uh, I think so. So, We've we've gone into your past, but for mm -hmm. the people that don't know you, they see you as a successful person now. Yeah. They don't realize that it wasn't all unicorns and rainbows. So, <laughs> so, you know, for the people that don't know you, yeah. uh, give us a little quick down and dirty about who you are and how you became the man you are today. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let other people draw their own conclusions about who I am. You know, that's that's fine with me. I have no attachment to it. Uh, but how I became who I am, whoever that is, is, uh, I mean, it's it's through discovering through a lot of hard, hard challenges that I actually do have resiliency. Um, I was born into a cult in San Francisco in the, in the winter of 1967 when the, the sort of hippie revolution was just fully exploding. And uh, it was crazy but I didn't even realize it was crazy until I got out of that environment. And then what I sort of came away with it from it with was a realization that everything that had been sort of shown to me as values and, and ways to live and, and sort of philosophical ideas was counter to everything it was going to require for me to have the kind of life that somewhere in me, I knew I wanted. So I had to undo everything. You know, I had to undo all of it. And in my case, that was at least a 40-year piece of work. That was a 40-year tour, maybe more. Um, and so 
Yeah, man. I mean, that that was it. It was like I was taught to fear money. I was taught not to fit into society. I was taught that all you guys were squares and that I knew something you didn't. You know, I one of the things that actually makes me um, it's, it's not about resent anymore, resentfulness, but like I was taught that soldiers and the military were just evil. And like that, that kind of kills me, man, because hands down, some of the best people I've ever met are soldiers, you know, like, like you guys, man. Um, and, and it was, it, it was kind of like, I didn't figure out that I valued that stuff until I was far too old to do anything about it, except sort of take lessons from the mentality and the mindset the discipline of, of what it takes to live that kind of life, a life of service, a life of, you know, being willing to put something else as, as a higher importance than your own life. Like that's profound, profound stuff for me. And I didn't get a chance to have that experience until I sorted out all this brainwashing that I was sort of like raised in. (laughs) So, um, so I guess that, you know, in, in a, in a very, very abbreviated way, that's who I am. I'm a guy who was born into a cult. I was given a whole philosophy on living that none of it worked for me. That led to addiction, led to criminal behavior. It led to homelessness and jail. It led to violence. It led to all these things. And, and, you know, I was, uh, uh, I was heading for a <laughs> jails institution or death, you know, before I turned some shit around. So, um, all right. So then, you know, the way I got introduced to you was through Dr. Robert Garcia Yeah, and he college dropout. And until he realized that everybody learns a different way. That's right. Like for me, you can show me in a book how to do something, but if I don't touch my hands and do it, I'm never going to be able to do it. But like we're going to be talking about today, like we, we talked about earlier, we are setting our kids up for failure in school. Like you, you mentioned earlier, you know, yeah. if you put a, a, a bunch of kids together and they're, they're working together, they consider that cheating in school. Right. But in the military, you work as a team, even <laughs> right. if, yeah. you know, even if you get in corporate America, it's all about the team. So yeah. you're not, so drop us some knowledge about, you know, what, what that means and what's going on. And cause we're going to speak real, we're going to, this is going to be real. Yeah. 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 So what's really going on in our school systems today? Well, so what I see going on in public education is uh, what I would call a classic bureaucracy. And, and a bureaucracy is unofficially defined as a, 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 an overly complex system that only serves itself it's an important distinction because things that become bureaucracies tend to start out as with the intent of serving people and education was intended to, to serve people in the sense that life was changing in the industrial revolution. And you, you, most people lived out in rural areas, but there was all this opportunity in the cities. The problem was nobody knew how to, uh, sort of prepare people for factory work. And now I, a lot of people put down the whole moving to the cities to work in factories. And I don't think that at the time it was a bad thing. I think at the time it represented a lot of opportunity. 
And so it's important to make that distinction because I'm about to say some, some pretty negative things about how it ended up, you know. But what happened was a, a bunch of captains of industry approached a guy named Horace Mann. Yep. He was an educator. And they asked him to design an educational system that would design a system that would prepare the kids coming from the countryside to work in factories. What he designed was what we know as the public education system. It's focused on compliance. It's focused on uh, rigid scheduling. It's focused on, it's really focused on just doing what you're told, you know, and for, for a certain amount of the population, I don't know what the percentage is. That's a really good thing. Like some people are really wired for that. Mm. And it's cool. Like, you know, in the entrepreneurial space, we, we make a lot of jokes about like, you know, squares, right? Like those people that, that the sheep that uh, <laughs> um, just want to work a nine to five job. But the reality is we need people that work nine to five jobs, right? Yeah. Th those are typically the people we innovate for. But the problem happened when technology and culture and just civilization started getting more and more sophisticated, more and more um, advanced and moving more and more away from the need for just sort of mindless cogs. And public education at a certain point, I don't know when, I don't think it matters when, uh, it got so top heavy and bloated with uh, being run by the government, being uh, layer upon layer of management, you know, superintendents, uh, cities, counties, states, all of this top layer stuff um, got to the point where the teachers and the kids were basically forgotten about. I mean, not literally, but in terms of being able to execute any kind of meaningful changes so that what kids are experiencing in school can match with the reality of life after school. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things about a bureaucratic system is they can't move fast. They're not nimble. Uh, in fact, I, I sometimes share a statistic that in from 2000 to 2010, executive salaries and salaries of like administrators, but not teachers, uh, principals, superintendents, and people like that went up 82%. Um, while there were only 8% more students added to schools. So of all the dollars allocated towards schools, something like 88%, 88 cents of each of those dollars is going toward the bureaucracy getting more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And the problem is, and I think everybody knows this, right? The problem is not all kids learn the same way. You were yeah. just telling me you've got to touch things to learn. Yeah. I got to touch things to learn. Yeah. We're the same in that way. There's very, until you get to like, trade school, which in the United States is actually a step down from public education. It's like looked down upon, yeah. which is insane in its own. We won't even go into that. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't touch things to learn. Everything comes from this one narrow way of teaching, which is out of a book with but a teacher at the board. I got three children. I got a 20 year old. He's, he's going to be a, a senior in college. Yeah. I got a freshman going into college and mm -hmm. I got a 10 year old. Yeah. <laughs> They are teaching the children to be employees. Yeah. 
not not entrepreneurial mindset. No. No. But when when we were growing up, we would they used to have jobs where you would get a job at eighteen, yeah, work twenty years, get your watch, and enjoy life. Yeah, that's not the way life is anymore. No, that so, that is gone. They're still teaching them the old system, right? Yeah, they're still teaching them the old system. And the problem is, again, that technology, just technology alone, forget about the changes in the the social norms and values and stuff like that, which are also changing. Um, let's just talk about technology. Technology has changed the landscape. I mean, look at what you and I are doing. Yeah. We're, we're both old enough that this was the stuff of science fiction at a certain point in our lives. Yeah. George it was... Yeah. The Jetsons. Yeah, it was a straight up the Jetsons, right? And now we're doing it. I remember reading an article. This would have been maybe 20 years ago. Uh, a top development executive from IBM saying that speech to text technology was impossible. Yeah. So technology has changed everything. And it's only natural that as technology opens up more opportunities and different ways to sort of live your life and, and decide who you want to be, that people are going to explore those things. You know, I mean, it's not something I would suggest doing or support, but look at TikTok influencers. They're making great money. Yeah. YouTube. Now, yep. YouTubers. YouTube. Yeah. Like my daughter can spend 15 hours just watching YouTube. Videos. Right. Yeah. So the, the question becomes one of shouldn't the educational experience prepare kids for the world they're going into? I think the answer is pretty clearly a yes, wouldn't you say? Well, they should. And yeah, like for me, I'm realizing that, you know, they say that the greatest fear in, in America is public speaking. Mm -hmm. And in order to be successful on YouTube, TikTok, and places like that, you should at least, you could dance a little bit, but you <laughs> should be able to talk and be yeah. able to communicate. And yeah. all I'm seeing in a lot of the education is this. Yeah. And people are not able to communicate. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? So I'm Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I came to the idea of what, what's the, if we've got a kid who's entering kindergarten today, let's say. So K through 12 is 12 years or 13 years or whatever it is. And let's give them the benefit of four years of college. So that's 14, 15, 17 years. What is the work world going to look like in 17 years? Well, here's the thing. At the rate of change with technology, we have no idea. In 17 years, some of the things we can predict will be that, that technology will take a lot of simple jobs. Yep. So there's one thing. Um, it will also open up new ways to, to make money and, and, and contribute that we can't even fathom yet. Yep. So that's another thing. So knowing that the change is going to be so radical and so sort of hard to guess, what's the best we can do to, to um, predict what people will need in order to thrive in that future? Here's what we came up with at Advantage Education Academy. Uh, soft skills. Leadership. These are the things that the more technology advances, the more value will actually uh, being able to be a part of a team, being able to lead a team, being able to communicate your ideas, being able to collaborate with other people, being able to brainstorm, all of these things will be more valuable 
as technology changes the landscape of the work world. So then the question became from there, is it possible to come up with an educational system, an educational process that focuses equally on, here's what we reduced it down to, communication, collaboration, creativity, and critical thinking. Now, I've heard people say to me things like, what about grit? And I will say, that's a great question. My argument is, if you're versed enough, to, uh, versed enough at critical thinking, you'll be able to realize that you need to develop grit. I think critical thinking will lead to that conclusion. Um, some people say, what about empathy? I agree with empathy, but collaboration requires empathy. So of all the different soft skills, we really, I really feel like we've reduced it down to the four essentials, sorry, four, <laughs> from which everything else flows. Communication, collaboration, creativity, and critical thinking, like those are the pillars on which a person can have a successful and fulfilling life. All right. So before we go any further, because I want to dig deep into each of the four. Yeah. Thank our sponsors. As you guys know, um, I was in the military for 23 years. I was with GNC for almost 30. Um, I love pre-workouts, but they mostly tasted like ass. So <laughs> I came out with our own called Vertica Momentum Coffee. Twice the amount of caffeine, twice the energy, no crash. And it's 100% veteran hand roasted. So if you love coffee with it, 100% of the proceeds, 100%. I make $0, 100% goes to help veterans struggling with homelessness and PTSD. And guys, also, if you like the hats, the t-shirts, the swag, anything you buy from us, 100% goes to help veterans struggling with PTSD and homelessness. So guys, if you like coffee or swag, just write that down below and we're going to, um, we'll get you that information. But now, Manny, let's, let's, you know, go deep into, yeah. into the four parallel. The four pillars. Yeah. So what's the, what's the first pillar? Communication. Now, communication has been the, the defining characteristic of my life. I grew up, remember, I was born and raised in an environment where the communication was, I think it's, it's fair to say it was objectively pretty insane. You know, one of the things about cults is that they, they warp and twist language mm -hmm. Um, and we see this all the time just in people building like communities. They'll have their own language. And if you don't know how to speak the lingo, you're sort of not part of the clan and um, take that to its nth degree. And that's cult brainwashing. So communication has always been something that I've been fascinated by. This idea that if you can, if you can string the, the right combination of words together with the right intent behind them, yeah. it, pretty much you can open any door you know, but how do you do it? So communication, collaboration. Now, this is a big one, man, because uh, you've been in this space again, at least five or six years. You must have a sense of how hard real collaboration is. Where you've got other people you're collaborating with who have different skills than you, but are at an equivalent level to you. You can both contribute, you know, or maybe all of you, if it's a larger group. Um, you compliment each other. And I don't mean like, hey, man, nice hat. I mean, yeah. you compliment each other. You lift up the, the place where the other person's weak. Yeah. That is a very rare thing. But it doesn't have to be. This is what's so strange to me. Collaboration requires a little bit of letting go of your ego. No. Yeah. 
it requires a little bit of, and, and this is something that um, I learned from a little bit of studying of uh, SEAL Team 6. Those guys have like the group flow mental switch they throw where they become one one hive mind, right? Now, obviously, without the resources and the, and the training of like the, the highest team building levels in the world, which is what SEAL Team 6 is, uh, I'm not going to get to that level with just tutoring kids, but we can take some of the principles, some of the ideas. Like one of the philosophies they have is the guy with the next right answer is in charge until the next guy with the next right answer comes up. Yeah. Think about what we could do in the entrepreneurial space if we could get five or six people together who all understood that, who had complementary strengths man, we'd be unstoppable, right? But the thing is, is prior to joining the military, and hopefully if, you, if, you're, if you're one of the 20% or whatever that makes it through, you can get as high as a SEAL, is you're never exposed to these ideas before then. What if you were exposed to this idea when starting at 10 or 12 or 15? That's what I'm looking to do. So that's, that's just a, a quick kind of touching on collaboration. So uh, creativity. One of my biggest grievances with public school is creativity is, is, is flatly discouraged. In yeah. fact, it's stomped out in many cases. Yeah. Then you go out into the work world and creativity is demanded of you. This is, <laughs> that's just insanity to me. And then critical thinking. I, I put it to you, Richard, and to your listeners, that if we could instill a generation with the ability to exercise critical thought, to know the difference between reasoning the problem up from first principles and doing what's called analogical reasoning, which is this reminds me of this thing. In this instance, I thought, felt, or behaved this way. Therefore, I'll do it here. Or another way of thinking of it is this reminds me of this. So I think the same way about it is that. This is what you see on social media all the time. This is why it's so easy for humans to be divided into little, little pissy tribes that fight each other. I mean, it's an oversimplification, but you get the point. If we all had the ability, if a generation had the ability to look at, let's say, the political process and really break down with critical thinking and first principles reasoning what was happening, we'd have better leaders, full stop. Because we wouldn't, we wouldn't allow such, you know, douchebag shithead leaders. We just wouldn't allow them. It just yeah. wouldn't be something we'd vote for. So I feel like critical thinking can be like infused into the DNA of a generation and watch how like the world actually changes for the better. Because I think the best way to, you know, we all talk about changing the world, right? Especially in the entrepreneurial space. And I spent a lot of time with that question, like, what would it look like to actually change the world? Not to come up with a new app that's really cool that everyone likes or a quicker way to get your pizza, but like really change the world. The first thing I thought was, well, you have to, you have to upgrade, you have to up level the caliber of people in that world. So then the question was, what would that look like? What's the one thing if there is one thing 
that could up level a whole generation of people. And my answer is critical thinking. It, to me, I think it's that powerful and that important. Well, I think the last two things you talked about, you know, creativity and critical thinking. One, creativity. It used to be when we were growing up, when we seen that weird kid in school that had the different colored hair and they yeah. dressed differently, they were weird. Yeah. Now the script is flipped. Now they're cool. Now they're the ones that everybody's trying to be like. Because, yeah. So I believe that, you know, creativity, the more creative you are now is the further you're going to get along in, in so, especially social media. And critical thinking, I think, is amazing. Even in the entrepreneurial space, like say if Alex Hermosi starts doing something different, all of a sudden everybody starts doing the same shit. Right. So you're right. not really having critical thinking to where you, you know you're you're just doing what everybody else is doing. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like critical thinkers are and people who are creative are often the first ones there that everybody then tries to follow suit behind. It, and um again, I, I just I just think that I think that the verdict is in the research is there and it proves that if we could, well, I mean, really all four, but especially if we could, if we could exercise critical thinking about complex problems, you know, the quality of life would change dramatically and, and very, very quickly. And really that's, you know, if there's a hill that I want to die on, it's the hill of trying to help people live a better life. All right. So now if I'm sitting in a room, cause I do a lot of public speaking. Yeah. I'm sitting in a room of a hundred people my age, mm-hmm. 43 to 53. And you say, you know, well, so what did you want? What'd you watch on TikTok today? Mm-hmm. 80% of them have no clue what musically it used to be, or they have no clue what these new apps that their kids are going on. They don't yeah. even have a clue. So yeah. don't you think parents need to educate themselves so they can help their kids? Yes, I do. However, I think that is a separate conversation and a separate, um, uh, it's a separate piece of work, but I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, you can't, that was one of the, that was one of the early, um, challenges that somebody gave me is like, how much can you expect through education to help change kids thinking for the better if their parents don't step up? And the answer was, to the extent that they're able to be helped with the bad parenting. You know, that's a whole, you got to pick your battles, right? And you got to pick your things that you think you can make a change on. And I think I can make a change through, through a, a revolution in education, but um, it doesn't mean that parents get to abdicate responsibility. It, you know, there's so many things that, that we need as people especially men uh, that we're not getting and that really are the parents' responsibility to give such as um, like rites of passage for young men. You know, one of the things that, that as a man growing up in the United States, and I'm sure it's the same in many other places, you have no idea when you've become a man. You know, you turn 18. Great. You get your license at 16. Great. So 18, I can go kill and die in a war, but I can't drink beer. Yeah. Right. That, that's insanity to me. 
but it's insanity on the surface, but it's also insanity at a deeper level because how do I know? Like I hit puberty. Okay. That's great. But unless there's some sort of a clear indication that you've left childhood behind, now you go through this hard initiation and now you're a man. Oh, and by the way, these are the responsibilities that you have as a man. You know, so parents have a huge role to play. But even in our, in our culture today, those lines are being blurred. They, like, that's what I'm saying. You know, they're almost not even there. You know, like I, I have two boys. Like yeah. um, They're boys. They're men. I consider them boys. Right. But, <laughs> You're always going <laughs> to. You know, but I still hug and I kiss my, my boys before they leave the house. Yeah. You know, I want them to see that, you know, dad, he's not, uh, he's the alpha male. Mm -hmm. But he also knows how to be beta at times yeah. and knows how to love and care and not just say, oh, I'm a man. So I'm yeah. an asshole. And, you know, and I think our kids see what we do and really they do model themselves, whether they know it or not. Yeah. They model themselves after what we do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, I think in in a lot of cases. So I mentioned the difference between critical thinking and analogical thinking earlier. Analogical thinking has a place for everybody listening. We don't want to get rid of it. We just want to understand when we're using it and when it's maybe appropriate not to. Like analogical reasoning is the impact you have on your kids by running the show, doing everything that you do, but then still taking time to give them love and praise and affection. You know, they start to go, whether they know it or not, whether it's conscious or not, they start to go, this is what a man does. And that's analogical thinking. And that's when it's like healthy and good, you know? Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you really hit on an important thing that is out of the purview of Advantage Education Academy, but very important is the parents have to step up. You all know, right, so if there's parents that are listening to this, yeah, they're like, all right, you give me this little bit of information. Yeah. What do I do now? Because this right, is- this right. Is this is a teaching podcast. You know, we're always trying to give, give people value. So yeah. if they're listening to me and going, start thinking, be like, damn, everything you're saying is right. Yeah. Where do they go from here? So there's a couple of things. If first, let me, let me share an idea. What I believe um, the critical think the cl collaboration, communication, creativity, and critical thinking is most important for is people who are going to sort of blaze their own trail. Now, it's important for everyone. But I think that, you know, kids who wind up in roles of leadership, kids who wind up in, in roles of like being on dynamic teams, kids who wind up being entrepreneurs or, or uh, business owners. Now, again, it's good for everyone, but it really shines for people like that. Those people typically are the ones who struggle the most being confined by school, right? So I want to I want to share an idea that if your kid is you can tell your kid or kids is or are smart but they're struggling in school it might be because they're not wired to be uh to be compliant. It might be because they're just not wired to be followers and not ask questions. Now some kids are and again that's okay. This isn't about, you know, taking a shot at them, but a lot of kids aren't you know, and the world needs the people that aren't. Those are the ones that really make the changes. And so that's why I started this with tutoring. But tutoring that also simultaneously teaches those four skills, communication, collaboration, creativity, and critical thinking. So 
one thing you could do, and I'll give you, I gave you uh, the link to download our ebook, uh, Lighting the Spark of Success for Your Child. It gives, it, it's half analysis of the problem and how to fix it. And it's half actual training in the Spark method. And the Spark method is the method we use in order to um, combine the academic success stuff in the tutoring with teaching those soft skills. Okay. Now you talked about something earlier because it's something that I, I think needs to be talked about. You know, all the parents I, I meet, they're talking about their kids going to college. Yeah. But I think in the next five, 10 years, the people that are going to be paid the most, like try to get a plumber on a Saturday. Yeah. You know, you're going to be paying $300 an hour just for yeah. them. And I think those skills, mechanics, carpenters, yeah. are going to be the, the making the most money because we have so many people that I'm an IT guy. Mm -hmm. you know, they need their shit fixed. Yeah. You know, but I don't yeah, think 100%. Parents are actually telling their kids, you know, think about a trade school. I, I don't hear it a lot. I'm always hearing go to school for computer tech, IT. But I think that those skills are going to be some of the most in demand. I will tell you right now, or I'll tell the parents listening, a typical plumber who's got three trucks running is making is is about a seven figure a year business. Now, hopefully people understand the importance and the value of the trades and of mechanical skills and things like that. But just in case you don't, it's hard work, it's honest work, it's skilled labor and you can make a, your kids can make a great living doing it. Like we should totally remove the stigma that is so popular in the US that somehow those jobs are like lower than, you know, uh, IT, tech, medical, that kind of stuff. Because it, it's I mean, I was in construction for 20 years. You know, um, that's the last the last thing I did before coming into the coaching space was I had a, uh, a million dollar house painting company. And I will tell you, that is that is legitimate work to be respected, you know, to be to be uh, held held in high esteem. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, you know, maybe maybe uh, we riff some more on on that kind of stuff. But uh, here's how I'll tie it back to what I'm doing. The biggest problem in the trades that I saw was a lack of those four skills. <laughs> you know, the trades are uh, they're an interesting place where you're taught to be as macho as you can, and and everything is about you know I work harder than you, I work longer than you. You don't ever hear people talking about working smarter. You don't ever hear people talking about how can we collaborate to make this job go better. You know, if you get multiple trades on the same job at the same time, it's a pissing contest 90% of the time rather than being, hey, let's find the foreman of the trades that are represented here and let's make a schedule. You know, let's see how we can best do all of this together. So um, no matter where you go, communication, collaboration, creativity, and critical thinking, I'm going to keep saying it, are, are the, the, the foundations for a life, not only of financial success, but of, but of fulfillment. You got to have those and all the research. In fact, here's a fun statistic because we love statistics. Stanford 
pretty good college, got a pretty good reputation. And Harvard, another one you may have heard of, pretty good reputation, boasted independent studies on the importance of soft skills to lifelong success. And they both came to the same conclusion. Soft skills are responsible for 85% or more of long-term life success and fulfillment. 85%, bro. Yeah, it's it's funny. I'm a big sports guy, and I'm, yeah. I was watching the Thursday night game, and two of the analysts, one went to Harvard, one went to Stanford, and <laughs> they're they had a great career, but now they're using the soft skills, the communication skills, right? Yeah, communication skills to crush it outside of their, you know, yeah, their, um, you know their their football career. So I think mm-hmm. those four things. I think, especially if you're a entrepreneur communication and collaboration because if i know somebody that needs help in branding marketing i could say manny bro this person needs help i can you know get these people to these people and these people to these people or like if my wife needs help with cooking i can call one of the iron chefs simon majumdar i can ask him a question yeah but because we're built we're trying to collaborate and just build an ecosystem you know success yeah 100%, 100%. And, and wouldn't the whole process of working feel so much better if you had that ecosystem? Not only would you get better results, but the moment to moment day to day process of work would be so much more fulfilling. So now how does somebody get involved with your pro? Is it a program or what is it's tutoring? It's tutoring for your kids in school. Uh, we're starting out with math only, um, and then we're rolling out the other subjects one by one. So right now, today, if you've got a kid that you know is bright and they're struggling in math, you know, maybe instead of going to a regular tutor who only focuses on passing tests, you come to Advantage Education Academy where, you know, we're setting them up not only to succeed and, and, and just do fantastic in their math, but also to be collaborators, to be leaders you know, to be team members, the stuff that you're going to, going to, going to need. You're going to need that stuff once you leave school. Now, is this a website or is it, what is it? Yeah. So it's advantageeducation.academy. And I'll, I'll shoot it over to you so you can put it, uh, you know, in in the show notes and what have you. But uh, yeah, that's where you go. You go to advantageeducation.academy. I shouldn't have to say this in this day and age, but not .com, (laughs) .academy. (laughs) So now, is there a process? Does a kid have to take a class or anything in order to get... It's tutoring. Again, it's just tutoring. You come to us with the work you need help with. We help you with the work, but we do it through the lens of nurturing and developing the soft skills. Okay. So my last question is, that obviously, that's part of it. So um, how do we find you and also how do we support your mission and whatever, whatever else you got going on? Well, this is the only thing I've got going on, man. This is, again, I, I feel like this is, this is a hill I'm willing to die on. This is something that is, uh, it's a legacy mission for me because I had such a hard time in school. I watched my son suffer in school. The other two co-founders both had the same experience bright kids who don't fit into the school system. And I know that there are millions of other people out there who have the same thing, you know, so there's only one thing I'm working on and this is it. 
Uh, and the way that, you know, the way that you support me is if you really need your kid to do better in school and you want them to have the soft skills, you just go to the website. And what was that again? Can you say it one more time? Yeah, absolutely. AdvantageEducation.academy. AdvantageEducation.academy. So, so guys, we're starting with a new year. We're starting with that whole new year, new me bullshit. <laughs> you know, if you want your kids to start pulling ahead instead of falling behind. Yeah, exactly. Reach out to Manny and his, his, his people. Cause I know the kind of man that he is. He's helped me over the years a lot. And if he can help my children, it's a win-win situation. So absolutely, man. So brother, I'm so grateful that we're able to finally put it together. I'm so humbled and thankful for you. And I love your group, by the way. Um, I get so much value out of it as a, um, and I just want to say thank you for being a mentor all these years. Well, thank you for everything you do, man. Thank you very much. Yeah. Robert Garcia, you're watching, brother. I love you. You're truly amazing. So, guys, like my T-shirt says in the back, today I decide. Guys, you get to decide if your kids become a success yeah. or a failure. So if you make that decision today, make sure you get in, get in touch with Manny and hello. So, guys, remember, oh, happy, a Merry Christmas, guys. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Make sure that you're not setting New Year's resolutions. If you are, make sure you set a goal with an end date. Okay, guys? I love you guys. And remember, vertical momentum. The only way to go is but up. Manny, thank you so much, brother. Have an amazing week. You too, man. Right, God bless. Hey, guys. If you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass kicking coffee, and and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So, if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey. From Darkness to Light, definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. <laughs>